Who's going cool. fishing Sunday? I am. Let's go. Let's go. I am. I'm in. What we? <laughs> Can you put that cat down? Yeah. The cat's in. I was trying to be a Bond villain. I apologize. Yeah. It's warm by this fire, Buck. <laughs> We're not even in the fire. We need to we jump in cool, the current. We got to cool off in the current. I just want everyone to know. I mean, it, it, we say it all the time. You have seven best friends when you tune into us every week. And it's wild because we used to say that, but now it's so real. And, and, and it was just a real existential morning, guys. Got <laughs> uh, <God>, existential. <laughs> Did you short drift them? Well. <laughs> That's a yes. That's what the Canadians say. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> if there is a traditional Canadian saying, no, no bueno. bueno. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. You're in the current. I'm Steve. I'm Dave. Hey, I'm Ryan. In less than a week, we've got Christmas, right? We do, bud. And every year, every year since the start of the podcast, we've been doing a special Christmas episode. Yeah, we had Christmas for Hunters. Yeah. I think was the title. Yeah, of one Christmas of those. for Hunters. So. We got to do it again this year. Right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So before we kick that part off, before we kick off that part of the episode, Mm -hmm. what have you guys been up to this week? Well, it's been just crappy weather. And (laughs) to say the least. Like deer hunting's over. There's a break in deer hunting. Yeah. Um, For me, I haven't been able to get out for any waterfowl other than that epic sea duck hunt. Yeah, other than the best waterfowl hunt yeah. of my life. <laughs> I'm kind of worried to go now just because <laughs> nothing's going to be as great. Um, but, and, and like the sun sets so early right oh, now. I hate yep. that. You can't do anything after work, well, it feels like. That. What do they it's, call that? Sundowners syndrome or something like that? Yeah, it's, yeah I, I, got I that. know it's dark when I pull out of the driveway in the morning, and it's dark when I mm. pull back in after work. Yeah. Yeah. So, to. Use up my time in the evening. Mm-hmm. I've been going through some fishing gear because I don't want to get to when the bite happens in the spring. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I got to get my tackle bag together. I can't go tonight. I don't want to be saying that. You I want to be, be that guy. I want to be the guy on the water showing everybody else the pictures of the fish. <laughs> hey, the bite's on. So oh. I'm trying to go through and then I'm taking inventory of what I need, what I don't need. Maybe selling some stuff, maybe giving some stuff away. Yeah, know? I like the sound of that. Yeah, you know. What's on your giveaway list? Be- Anything? <laughs> there's, there's actually, I was going to give them to you. There's a pack of Sankos. Shut I, your mouth. I don't. I, that color was not working for the lakes I, work, I really? fish at. So, huh. yeah, huh. so there's a half a pack. You guys are up for, maybe I'll just like put them in the middle and we'll have Fight Club go after it. It'd be worth it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but then there's For other half a six dollar. There's other there's other repairs. I, I mean, I yeah. I found two reels that haven't been working since last spring. Like I went out to use them and yeah. they weren't working. I never repaired them because I'm like I'll grab another one. Yeah. Um. And then I looked at them and they're I understand why I didn't repair them because it's above my ability to repair. So I need to take them to the local tackle shop who does an excellent job and have them repair them. Now that, you know, since you mentioned that, um, 
we are recording this particular episode at my house again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on your way out, I'm going to have you grab a couple reels okay. that you can take with you when you go to yeah. the tackle shop, work on them. Actually, just one in particular that I've got is a, a surf fishing uh, combo that I bought. Yeah. And the reel is pretty well seized up. Yeah, is it? Yeah. I don't know that it's salvageable. Oh, Here's man. a tip. Anytime you fish salt water, mm-hmm. rinse your rod and reel with just a garden hose, just yeah. fresh water. You don't, even, you don't even have to lube them up after you're out. Just when you get back to the house, rinse them off, and those unsealed reels, you'll be able to flush the water, the salt water out of them. And I, I try to keep after it. I know the only time that we really use these is when we're staying at one of these beach houses. And yeah. like the last two years in a row, we're at the same house in Virginia, and it's great because it's got that, that spigot right at the back of the right. house where you come in off the beach, so everything gets rinsed. Um, really well. It's just, you know, for whatever reason over time. It's, yeah. This is the third season I think it was used. And I think the combo was maybe 40 bucks. Really? You know? <laughs> so yeah. I'm not talking about top-of-line equipment. I'm really just kidding when I say take it with you. But, okay. uh, yeah, I'd, I should probably spend some time going over some of my fish and tackle. You hooked me up, I think, in uh, – some of those things that you were working on? Yeah. Um, you I re- uh, re- took care of a... a I replaced a... Uh, you know, if you break the tip on a rod, that rod's never going to be the same, yeah. as a disclaimer. Um, but you spend some good money on a rod, or you have a rod that you really like. Is it worth the couple bucks for a new tip to put it on? I'd say, yeah. Mm. Why not? Do it just the time. Uh, it doesn't... For me, it doesn't take long, and I'm willing to do it for the guys around the table because it's practice for me. I enjoy it, and every time I do something like that, I get a little bit better. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the same because you you lost about three inches on the end of your fishing rod. Right. So where it broke, and you can't that I don't know if that's graphite. What fiberglass rod? It's probably it's fiberglass. I think that was fiberglass. Um, those fibers, it's not. If you try to repair that and kind of put a like splint, splint it, yeah, it's not going to be the same either. So you might as well take it Just off that three yeah. inches and put a different tip on it. It won't flex the same. You know, yeah. Even if there's epoxy that you could use, you know, to to reinforce right. the fibers, it yeah. wouldn't flex mm-hmm. like it was supposed to. Yeah. So I actually, so that I replaced your tip on that rod. I have two other rods where I broke the eyes off. You know, halfway down the the rod, just the eyes, just the metal eyes snapped. Yeah. Uh, so I have those to replace. I put those. Luckily, I have. I have the eyes in my box of parts. Yeah. Yep. So I'll just have to retie those on so and epoxy that. And is 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 the you you replace the last uh, guide on yeah, the, on Ryan's rod? Yeah, the tip. The tip. Is that any different? So I had one break off this year, and I did the same thing, and I just bought that do-it-yourselfer kit from whatever store, and you heat up a stick of something with the match yeah, it and smear like it on It looks there. like a hot glue gun. Yeah. It didn't work for me. So I do that. Yeah. But I go a step farther. Well, and I'll, I'll step it up. I have uh, multiple sizes of tips. So, you know, you have... There's a taper to every fishing yeah. rod. So that same tip that was on his rod 
does not fit where I cut it off. Okay. Okay. So those kits then are probably like a this one kit, size fits most. And yeah. Sort of. I think that was quite my problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to sleeve it and well, I was able to check the diameter and match that up to an eye okay. that fits with very little wiggle around it. Yeah. So I, I take that pretty much hot glue stick, heat it up, put it on, and then I also put a little bit of epoxy on the outside where you can see like the metal part of the tip yeah. and the rod. Right at that seam, I filled that with a little bit of epoxy. Okay. You could probably take um, like a, what's the super glue? You could yeah. take a little dab of super glue around there. It'd probably work the same. Or even like that quick little Loctite makes a little epoxy gun. Yeah. Or you can Gorilla glue. Yeah, Gorilla glue type yeah. thing. Just just a little bit around that will seal that up and will help you. Because what that hot glue type stick, yeah, it will it will work, but you could probably pull it off easily, yeah. especially in the middle of the summer. Oh yeah. You know, you're sitting in a car it's sitting in a car. You know, you're not allowed to leave yeah, pets in a up. car. So yeah. your fishing rod. Why would rods, you leave your rod? In your, your, fishing, <laughs> your fishing rod's gonna heat up, yeah. where it's detrimental to a living being. Yeah. Well, that that, that glue inside that tip's gonna melt. I think much. one of you, one of you, were, may have been fishing with that rod this year, and you happen to notice that the uh, that the last the last guide would spin. Uh, 90 degrees after the cast and right. then spin another 90, 180 degrees the other way when you were reeling it in. But yeah, I got to Yeah, do that, that happens. I got to do that. But yeah, so lately I've just been taking some inventory on fishing. Yeah. Um, looking towards ice fishing. Yeah. You know, getting some of that stuff together. Last year I was ice fishing on New Year's Eve. It doesn't look like we'll be able to do that quite that early this Not year. Not without a kayak. Not without a kayak. <laughs> Which is probably not considered ice fishing. Though. Yeah. Drilling the hole would be very easily, easily on the surface of the water. Yeah. But no. don't drill a hole in your kayak. Yeah, just, yeah. No. No. Well, I know similar to what, uh, what DK's doing, although I should put a little effort forward into my fishing stuff. I spent some time this past week actually cleaning up and putting away a lot of my hunting stuff. Did you? Um, Is that hard for you? Like, does that make it's, you sad? It's It makes me sad, but at the same time, it... <clears throat> excuse me. At the same time, it uh, it does a couple of things. Yeah. It helps me focus a potential Christmas list Ooh. Uh, for things that I know uh, either didn't work, I'm knife now finding are broken, yeah. or, or just things plain just worn need, out, you know, upgraded or replaced. Yeah. Um, it'll do that for me. But hmm. I, it's therapeutic, I think, in a weird way. I love, like, I'm a gearhead. Yeah. I love messing with my gear. You know, so if I have to, and and <laughs> during fishing season, I found myself doing this all the time. If I got home from work and I wasn't going directly to a kid's practice or going out fishing, uh, I found myself with the truck tailgate dropped in the in the driveway mm -hmm. all my gear laid out and i'm using the excuse of oh i have to make sure everything gets dried or <laughs> you know do this do that and i'm rearranging i went through <laughs> no joke this summer i rearranged my my bags so that at one point i had like a small stream wading bag yeah i had the river wading bag i had a bag that i took uh if i was meeting you at like the 
on the way to to Will's house yeah. at uh, Foulmouth. Yeah. Because it's the river, but I'm not waiting. Right. So it's a completely different set of tackle. Sure. Like I had all these bags and stuff. I just love messing with gear. That's so cool. anyway. I was doing that at the end of rifle season and cleaned all of my guns. You did every gun. I don't know if you guys smelled. That oh, it smells good, yeah. Number nine smell when you walked into the <laughs> office down here. Um, but yeah, I cleaned every every gun I own. Uh, took a couple hours. One one thing you mentioned about bags, I've been doing this last summer. I started it, and this I actually worked on it this week. I'm switching over to not that I'm moving. I'm downsizing my Plano boxes, my mm-hmm. trays, to that. I think it's a 36 size. From mm-hmm. the 3700 series. Okay. Because I have two bags that are for different setups, and I have a third one, and I, I want to be able to interchange those trays into each one of those bags. Okay. So just pop a tray out for. Right. So if I, if I want to. Fishing yep, or. Because trout my, fishing like, or my wet weighting bag's a two tray bag. Right. So I need to have just pretty much smallmouth bass stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have that down to about two trays. If I'm going to go somewhere else, I'm on the boat, I can take a little bit bigger bag. Well, I want to be able to, those, those trays need to go to different bags. So, yeah. yeah. You know what I would do? Yeah. I'd buy more trays <laughs> and more, more, more gear. More and gear. More stuff. Yeah. Well, see, why, I was, would you want to, why would you want to worry about swapping them? Because I don't want to go through so many jigs. I don't want to buy 200 jigs to have that same quarter ounce. Two ot jig. Oh, sounds like you and I have two different kinds of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had I, I was starting to see I was having a lot of overlap in tackle, yeah, and I didn't want multiples of that. Yeah, so I I agree with that. But my problem is then when I because I don't want to um worry about making sure I well this box will go with me to all these different bags. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Rather than that, what I'll do is I will split it up. I'll create the redundancies, and then I won't replenish the stock evenly. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm out in the middle of the river, and <laughs> I get hung up on a Ned rig. I'm glad Stevie was yeah, that. I said that. I didn't want oh, to wow. fall over from shock. But, you know, if I get hung up and all of a sudden, boom, that breaks off, it's like, oh, let me get another one. I know I've got 50 or 60. I just bought a bunch. Right. I reach in this particular bag. Oh. Oops, I forgot to put them in here. Yeah. So I guess I could see. It sounds to me though I just I need to. I just need, need to more, more tackle. Yeah. yeah, more tackle. I started using a kayak crate this oh, year. Oh, that thing's nice. Yeah, and I can fit a ton of, of boxes, and you know, there's a little section for like you your know, plastic bags. bags of plastics. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, plastics, and I put a three rod holder on the back of it, so I can like. I can carry all those trays, all those plastics, and three rods on one shoulder. And and uh, that has worked out really. And then when I'm going on my kayak, I just pop it on the back of the kayak. I like that because when we were bank fishing, you still yeah. you were able to put your extra rods vertical. Yeah. yeah. Myself, my secondary rod was laying. Yep. So if one of us, myself included, would go over that way and not see it, I could very easily oh, yeah. step on it. Yeah. Whereas your extra rod was vertical in that rod holder on that kayak basket. That was nice. Yeah, that worked out pretty good this year. That was a, a it was just a regular milk crate, and then Plano makes this. I can't remember what it, what it was for or what it's called, but it's just a kayak uh, crate 
convert or something like that. I don't remember, but it yeah, it's was pretty nice. It was nice. It worked out nice. But I, I don't do any of that organizing stuff that you my, guys do. My favorite thing when Stevie shows up to go fishing is it's pretty much the bag that he bought new tackle on the way is coming. Sometimes it's the day before. <laughs> Plus, yeah, okay, I'll give you, or the week before, but it's still in that bag, like, with the receipt oh, in, yeah. it, in the packaging, <laughs> you know, that, that, that grocery-type bag. Uh-huh. Plus, his full to the gills original tackle bag yeah, from last year from yeah. last year yeah and uh I, I, I found a lot of good stuff in there because i said hey i ran out of something and he's like oh just look in there i'm like what's on that pouch check out other pouch take and, whatever you need yeah it was and I, I started last year was the most organized i've ever and i've realized this in for ice fishing like i can't tie knots in on the ice i just can't so i have to have enough enough rods with stuff already tied up because my fingers just don't work when it's 20 degrees outside. Uh, so last year for ice fishing, I was the most prepared I've ever been for any fishing season in my life. I don't think I had a single plastic grocery bag with me. Um, but the rest of the year, it was, yeah. That, that's like a separate tackle bag is the, the Walmart or the Dick's or the Field and Stream <laughs> plastic bag you can fit a lot in them too <laughs> so don't uh, don't discount that i'm i'm looking forward to developing a system with my fishing gear like i have with my hunting stuff yeah you know <clears throat> because when it comes to archer and we actually touched on this a little bit um dk when we were getting ready for the sea duck hunt Mm-hmm. We were getting dressed in the in the Wawa parking lot, right? You know, and I made some comment about how it's kind of cool that we're doing this right now because we're right at the end of rifle season. Yeah, and through all of archery and in rifle, I have a system for you know getting dressed in weird places like a Wawa parking lot <laughs> in the dark. And you know, I just made that offhanded comment about how watch when I unzip my bag, boom, right on the top was the flashlight. Like that, that's the first thing. Yeah. I didn't need it in the Wawa parking lot. Because it, I don't know if that's a bad part of town, but it was pretty well lit. <laughs> um, so, but it's it's little things like that. Like I don't even have to think about it anymore. I could actually, my archery bag is hanging in the little back room back here. Yeah. You you guys could go back there, reach into a particular pocket and tell me which side of the bag it's on, and I'll tell you what's there because really? I have a system. I know where everything is. Here, I want that with my fishing stuff. Here, I've been having a problem. Maybe you guys can help. For fishing license, mm-hmm. okay? I fish three different states now. Mm-hmm. That I, I, annually, I buy a license for. And then if we're going, say, say New York, we're buying a three-day pass, whatnot. My Pennsylvania license is perfectly easy. It goes in my wallet, and that's mm-hmm. where it stays for the year. Legal... No. No. It should be displayed. I understand that, but I've never been harassed by yeah. a warden about displaying it. But it's never not on you. Right. right. It's never not on me. Out of state, Maryland and, and Delaware, they pretty much print out a full eight and a half yeah. by 11 yeah. piece of paper from the printer at the store. It's not the special you know, whatever you want to call Pennsylvania license system paper is. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bulky and I'm not sure. 
how to keep those organized. I, I always fish. So when I, I have a Mar- get a Maryland fishing license every year yeah. for saltwater. And I have a separate bag for saltwater. So I just keep it in that bag. I know if I'm going to Maryland, I'm going saltwater fishing. And at the top of my saltwater bag, it has a plastic, kind of a plastic pouch for your license. Right. And so I know it's always there. Um, in Pennsylvania, I wear it. I love wearing my. It's funny because you wear yours all the time. Yeah, and that that's more of a, I don't know. It's a goofy thing. My wife gets on it's me about wearing my. Yeah, it's a statement. But my wife gets on me about wearing my fishing license into restaurants and things like that. <laughs> and it, you know, you just. Yeah, it's a statement. That's one way to yeah. put it. <laughs> for for my Pennsylvania license, I ended up wearing it on the hat like yeah. that but it was a separate hat that it was just it became my fishing hat yeah right you know it hung on those bags and like i said i've got all these different bags for these different scenarios but they're all in the back of my truck yeah. every one of them so that hat was always with the the bags in the back of the truck so always had it on hand but for you Deaky, did you ever i mean i'm sure you have you've seen these little um they're very similar to like a plano tackle box it, it, but it's think, waterproof but it's waterproof yes but they make some really small a smaller ones one now. like almost the size so of your cell phone so it's like a document bag yeah or a document box yeah and so we'll be a bad idea something like that and a lot of them i was trying to look to see have if like I a carabiner clip there's a little clip yeah Oh, that's so a good you can, idea. You can move it from hmm. from one tackle bag to another. That's a good idea. Yeah, because I have to keep a a boat registration too. That's where I've started seeing these. Is I got this for Hunter's boat. Okay. You know, that's where we keep the registration, the stuff for the trailer. Yeah. Uh, all the documents that I'm supposed to have on the boat. Right. I keep it in that because then it's waterproof too. Right. Yeah. And very good. In Pennsylvania, your fishing license, you can get uh, a pin. Each year is a different color pin that you can wear on your hat, and you know you're legal. Then, if you have that pin, and a and a game commissioner stops you, then you know you have to show them your license. You have to have your license on you, I believe. You have to double check their eggs, but that pin qualifies as having it displayed. Displayed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is, and I I do it I do display it for the first weekend of trout. Yeah. For opening. When but and that's the only time the you really see it. You don't yeah. you don't see a large majority of the population in Pennsylvania with them displayed while bass fishing, while out on the boat, you know, on a lake. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's funny. True. It's, it's I don't know if it's a culture thing of like the trout fishermen or it's the vest. The, it's, it's always on the, the vest. Trout fishing vest. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a spot for it, yeah. you know. And the bass guys are just well, it's, you know, I've been made fun of in Maryland by you Maryland people oh. for wearing my <laughs> for having a Pennsylvania license <laughs> display. I probably would have made fun of you too. Yeah, in fact, when I first started fishing in Maryland, I just put it on my hat, and I had guys saying, "Oh, you're from Pennsylvania, aren't you?" <laughs> like, yeah, how'd you guess? Well, you got your. We don't need to do that down here. So, I actually had I forgot I was I was fishing down with my, at my in laws, mm-hmm. and I left the printout of the license on their kitchen table. Yeah. And I'm a half an hour away at the Chop Tank Pier. Yeah. And I got checked I, dozens of you times. You always there. get checked at that pier. They all and they, they want to look in your cooler. Yeah. They want to look in your bag. They want to see the license. And there's normally like two or three wardens that come out when they check. So the one the nice individual was talking to me, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to text my wife because I saw you walking out this pier. I, I just bought the license this morning. 
and I printed them out. Uh, she's like, well, take a picture, have, have your wife take a picture of it, send it to you and then show it to me. I don't know if that's legal, if that was a, the officer being a very nice officer yeah. or what, but that's another option maybe to, to yeah, print, that's true. To, to take pictures as a copy. Well, they'll send you, a, they'll send you an electronic copy of it too. I don't know if that's enough Mouse. or not. Any any of the out of state stuff I've done the New York thing Virginia yeah. and Maryland um, fishing license I've done it online mm-hmm. yeah and you always get the email confirmation which yeah. has basically a copy of it yeah. so yeah if you keep I that keep a, to to show them you know as long as you don't have a dead cell phone on you you should be good to go <laughs> I'm surprised they can't because they all it seems like they all carry those scanners or little computers or something right I'm surprised they can't look it up by like yeah. their by all of your driver's license, driver's license number, number yeah. Cause, yeah cause the uh, the Maryland, like what they call the compass, which is the hub for yeah. your, all your license, you actually you put in your you enter your driver's license ID. Yeah, that's so. right. That's <laughs> right. Well, this is some hard hitting compliance talk. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> wow. And again, check your regs. Don't count on Don't us for take being anything we say <laughs> as being gospel. Yes. Please. So big big takeaway for me was just getting all the guns clean because. Yeah. Uh, we did. Well, we had a wet rifle se- yeah. firearm season for for whitetail this year. Yeah, Every, so, everything was wet. So will you everything was will, will you clean it in between hunts, or will you just wait and clean it all at, at the end of the season? Will like you, firearms? Yeah, that pretty much waits till the end. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, for our firearm season, I, I waited. I mean, I hunted. I think ten of the. I was out and hunting ten of the twelve days. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I think my slug gun was out in the rain two of those days, you know, so I waited, I waited till like it was over and then, then cleaned them real well too. One, one exception of that would be like, if I'm out in the pouring down rain, um, which actually occurred this year, opening day, uh, my son got his buck first thing in the morning. And then I hunted the rest of the afternoon. Well, his gun was soaking wet because we were out in the morning. Uh, when he put it away before he went to hang out in the house and play video games while I had to go sit back out in the rain, <laughs> um, he put it in the gun case, which is just, you know, it's a pretty, like, cheapy Plano uh, hard plastic with the foam on the inside. Mm-hmm. He put it in the gun case and shut it. Yeah. And I didn't think about it till the next day or two days later oh. and i went oh his gun and i popped it open and it was already starting to you know at the right at the end of the barrel right at the scope rings yep. oh wow. you know, everything's starting to already so i did clean his that's crazy during the season but that was just because it was already starting to, to show a little bit of rust wow now i love i kept mine out of its case overnight you gotta let it dry and it dried pretty well and didn't didn't do that rust yeah but um what about like shotguns during waterfowl season? Would that you... one I cleaned right away okay. as soon as I could. Now mine, I don't know if, if I don't know what the deal is, but mine seems to. If you look at it funny, it starts to rust. Really? Um, but that's just the bluing on it. I should get it seracoded. It's like your your fishing rods. Yeah, and, and you. <laughs> Extra sensitive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, that's salt air, salt water. That just is. I mean, oh, that's if true. you're if you're if you're waterfowl hunting like a, a normal freshwater lake, yeah. not so much unless you get it splashed yeah. on the while you're on your boat ride. Get it splashed if if there's water. You know, there's numbers of reasons why you can get wet in the 
blind or wherever the gun is, mm-hmm. then you pr- probably want to wipe it down. You don't have to necessarily like do a good barrel clean as long as you can oil it, you know, if it does get wet. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Nice. It's been what, a busy week. What have you been up to? Uh, you know, very little outdoorsing stuff. Unfortunately, I, I, I have another project that, uh, uh, that that I'm working on, and my my dad uh, was doing some house cleaning, and had an old '85 Chevy pickup that he was needed to get rid a of. Sweet square body, uh, yeah. Just behind the couch or something, <laughs> just, <laughs> just laying around. Just laying that around. Truck I put here. This was, and this is another one of those things. Our my family is so nostalgic about stuff. This <laughs> is another one of those things that's been in my family for. I'm not kidding. Thirty years, twenty-five, thirty years. I remember driving this truck. It was, was my this grandfather's. To be Will's by birthright. <laughs> it should probably <laughs> should have been. It was our grandfather's, and then uh, my dad ended up with it, and now, and now it's at my house. But um, uh, it's in rough shape. Uh, it hasn't been on the road in uh, nine or ten years, something like that. Uh, but that's. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing some work to that. Uh, so it's uh, that's another one of my uh, another one of my hobbies is car stuff restorations. Uh, we, yeah, we don't get to talk about that much on an outdoor podcast, but um, I, I'll I'll do a better job of taking pictures of that. <laughs> I'll do one. Or something yeah, that's like a that. that's a good side project. Yeah, that'll keep you busy. Oh my goodness, you, it's gonna be. It's gonna. I, I'm really, you know, I have a tendency of get going overboard with everything, you know, when I do something. So I'm really trying to dial this back because you whip open that catalog and it's like, yeah, I need one of them, one of them, one of them, one of them, one of them. Yeah, I can't do that. It's just now, not. Are you gonna have the kids out there turning wrenches with you? When when I was 13, my dad bought me, or well, I don't know, if bought. And my dad got me. Uh, it, I had a '65 Volkswagen. And it was in terrible shape, but he kind of used it. I learned so much uh, about like a bug or a bus. It was a bug, yeah, sixty-five bug. bug. Yeah. And uh, such uh, a tall guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he, but I learned a lot. I had to do things, you know, mechanical things and car restoration and stuff on that. And ultimately, uh, it, it was so bad. And 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 I, the process of me learning to do things. Uh, and making mistakes, we ended up scrapping that and getting another one that yeah. that I ended up driving. But uh, yeah, so so to answer your question, yeah. So my I uh, hope hopefully my boys. That was the the intent of this was to be able to get my my boys kind of involved in something like that. So, but we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's been a. I'm itching to get back out on the water, and hopefully, uh, we got to get some ice here soon because I'm losing it. I got that that cabin fever. Getting the shakes already. I'm getting the shakes. We got a long winter to it's, go yet. Yeah. It's been, it's been. I think three weeks since I fished. I haven't caught a bass since like the second or third week in October. Uh, so yeah. It's it's starting to get rough. It's starting to get. Thankfully, you know, we've been able to do a little bit of of hunting this year. Or else, I don't know, I'd be in a. We need to get you a twenty-two, and you need to get out there in squirrel woods, because that's what 
that's what I rekindled yeah. a little bit in myself last year. Really? Um, after, you know, deer season mm-hmm. was over. Uh, and so I'm actually looking forward to that again this year. I've got roughly a little over two weeks of flintlock mm-hmm. season coming up. And I got my bags are all packed over there. You're ready to roll. I'm sitting there. I'm ready to roll. Um, probably only going to get out maybe two times. I got a bunch of tags to fill. Um, you know, my son was able to fill the freezer for me, but I've got a bunch of tags left. Um, maybe I'll get lucky, but maybe not. What I'm looking forward to though is, is getting out there after all that's done. And I'm like, okay, deer done until October again. Yeah. Get out there and start chasing some of those bushy tails. It's going to be fun. I was listening to uh, an old podcast this past week where you were talking about flintlock hunting last year. Yeah. And I think you, if I remember correctly, there were some issues with, uh, it had started snowing while you were out and everything was getting wet. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, uh, that was just after Christmas because I, mm-hmm. I remember actually having, that was the first thing I ever tried to GoPro. Was uh, it? Had to GoPro on my head and it was just, you know, so two foot of snow and it's coming do? down, you know, a foot a minute. <laughs> It seemed like, and I'm like, how's this, this gun is never going to go off. Luckily a deer wasn't dumb enough to run in front of me, so I didn't have to worry about it. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. I've only ever had one opportunity with the flintlock and the gun did not go off. Didn't it? Yeah. That's not, I mean, that, that's somewhat popular. I mean, I know several guys that I work with do it, but man, there's not anywhere near the numbers that are, that, uh, the bow hunt or or yeah. rifle hunt. So there's there's got to be a. It seems to me like there's a special knack to that, or special skill that you need in order to patience. I think is patience what it, is what it yeah. is. There's a lot of stuff going on there. I, I don't I don't put in enough time, in my opinion. Um, you know, focused in like late season scouting and figuring out where the deer are going to be, things like that. I just kind of like. Similar to what happens in rifle season where it's sort of all bets are off. I just kind of walk around in the woods. I'll sit down. I don't have stands that I hang just specifically for really? late season. There's a lot of tactics and things you can do um, specifically for late season. I don't hmm. I don't really do any of that. I, and that's probably why I've only ever had one opportunity. <laughs> I don't think I work nearly hard enough uh, for late season. It's just one of those things where I feel like, I guess if it's going to happen, if it's yeah. meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, whenever I've done it, it's been more of a, I'm taking the flintlock for a walk. Exactly. You know. It is really just a reason to get out. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never even had the opportunity to pull the trigger. You know, I've seen some deer when I've been out with flintlock, but never had, you know, it's always like, you know, they're. Boom, they're busted yeah. 75 yep. yards in front of me. All I'm seeing is a white tail. And, uh, but it, it, it's just nice to get out. It's a different time of year for yeah. the woods. Mm-hmm. But not sure. a lot of people. No, so. it's usually pretty quiet. Yeah. Which but is it, also why you don't see a lot. Yeah. But if it warms up a little bit and you try to go out and you're at like state park land, a lot of hikers. Oh. Just a warning. Well, I did. <laughs> did I talk about that at all last year? I don't know. I don't think so. There was. I'm pretty sure it was last year. It was like night and day difference the two times I got to go last year because the first the first day was, you know, three foot of snow. Yeah. And it's coming down. Uh, the next time that I got to go, we got one of those real weird warm spells. Yeah. And 
I remember actually being in the state forest and have two joggers come by. Wow. Like they were just trail running. <laughs> wow. And yeah, you just jarred that memory yeah. to me. There you go. There's your hunt, huh? Wow. Well, so we got Christmas in a couple of days, right? That we do. Yeah. yeah. And there's one thing, and it's not necessarily on my Christmas list, but it's on my my mental Christmas list that I need help with. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to get here very, very, very soon, and I would... I would imagine that you guys could probably guess what it is. Sea duck boat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's not what I'm thinking of, but you're you're getting close. But you bring me one of those. But you bring me one of those. <laughs> if one of those show up in the driveway, I'll take it. What's your guess, bub? A uh, shotgun. A shotgun. And you guys know that I am extremely frugal, and um, I wanna. And I so I don't want to go. This is one another one of those things where you can go crazy and you can get, you know, two shotguns for every species you're gonna hunt. But I obviously that's what I recommend. (laughs) (laughs) I obviously do not want to do that. So I'm looking for. This is my white wing 12 gauge, <laughs> and I use this one for scooters. <laughs> I listened to last week's podcast when you said a, a, a schooner, a schooner in, in one hand. Oh my goodness, that was funny. So I'm looking for a shotgun for small game, you know, like pheasants uh, or squirrels or rabbits or whatever. So uh, a shotgun for small game, one for waterfowl. And something for turkey. And and I'd like to be able to shoot all of those with one gun uh, and be successful. What's your price range? <laughs> Zero to $100. Okay. But I'm willing to entertain. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, would be willing to hear what's... So, so what's, have, Does such a product exist in... And you could probably get a Mossberg 835 for a hundred bucks. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we're going to blow his price range out yeah, a that, little bit. Well, yeah, I was thinking, I, I was thinking of that, like the, some of the, um, Ithaca feather lights, you can get an auction for like 150. Oh, yeah. That's really? a pump. Used, used guns are, is going to be the way to go. Well, and, I, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed to something. I mean, obviously I know it's going to be, you know, do you want several hundreds of hundred? You know, do you want a semi-auto or do you want a pump? You know, I I don't know. I don't can can we hunt turkeys with semi-automatics? Yes. Yeah, actually, you, that's all just changed here recently, right? The the thing that I would that I would be, do you want to be able to have an additional barrel to also hunt deer with? I'm not at the this point. I'm not too much concerned about hunting deer. Okay, then. I would, there's a brand, I'll name a brand, a Stoger yeah. M3500, which that shoots three and a half. Um, it's actually, I'm pretty sure it's the Benelli, lower Benelli. If, yeah. Really? It's, it's Benelli's like third tier of okay. guns. 
Okay. Entry uh, level model. Yeah, but it's it's a very nice nice gun for the money. They're about almost a half of what you're gonna get for a three and a half inch model of semi-automatic gun. Really? Um, you are gonna blow your price out of the water, but it's not gonna be paying for a Benelli that shoots three and a half inch. Okay. Um, you can get by with a three inch gun. Um, and the, I was shooting three inch shells last week. Yes. At the, yeah. at and that didn't seem to be, I mean, I could. That's because of the, um, the semi-automatic, I forget if that's inertia or what type of mechanism that is. Yeah. But the, any semi-auto re- reduces recoil. Okay. Just because of the mechanism to eject and you know load the and next reload, shell yeah. is all is all done by the gas gotcha. from the shell the first shell okay okay so any of your semis are gonna sh- have a little less recoil than oh, a that pump makes sense. or a break action it's shotgun re- reusing some of that energy to yeah. reload the, the kinetic shell. force is okay. going a little bit the other way than in your shoulder well thank you kinetic force yeah <laughs> so i mean that's a actually uh what catfish? The gun you're using is a Stoger yeah. M3000, so that doesn't shoot the three and a half. But and you can you can easily get away with three inch guns. It's not a problem. Goose and turkey is where you kind of want to bump up to three and a half. Okay. Um, for your extra little oomph. And but, what's the what's the price difference going to be for the semi-automatic that shoots three and a half versus a pump? Um. Ballparks. What pump are we talking about? Talking about like a Mossberg 500? 835. I think... Because the 500s aren't going to shoot three and a half, right? No, no, they're not. Okay. I want to say the the Stoger M35, You can, I don't hold me to this. Always check your local gun broker. Um, I think they're like around 750 to 800. Okay. Okay, and I think your M35s are closer to 500. Yeah, so I'm looking yeah, online now to Stoker. Five's about the number I was thinking. Yeah, so yeah, this is model 3500 semi-automatic Stoker, and it is. It says it ranges from so not 599 to 750. Yeah, not quite yeah, half. but that's that's definitely half on. Okay. When you're looking at most top line semis, start at 1400. Yeah. Like the Browning A5, the Benelli, all those are like $1,500 to $2,000 guns. And you're getting that Stoger is way less on money, but with, you know, a lot of the same quality. Just use a pump like me, Stevie. You'll be fine. I, I still shoot a pump. I'm not opposed to that at um, all. <laughs> my The Browning pump that I have, it's the Browning BPS. Yeah. I've never met a shell that I doesn't want to cycle. Really? Um, you will find waterfowl loads that don't want to cycle in certain guns. Um, I don't know why. You know, it just, you know, I had a buddy who had a uh, Browning A5, beautiful gun. It only liked one brand of ammo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, it wasn't even difference in loads. It was just one brand of ammo that it only liked. Finicky. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So. so it's doable. You talked yeah. him into it. And that's yeah. the same way. That, that that semi things, for all semis across the board, the Benelli's, the the uh, Berettas, they're all can be finicky on what ammo. Okay. 
So, but eventually you'll find one that that'll work. Yep, somewhat reliably. And, yeah, reliably. And again, to go back to your original question, a lot of those regs have just recently changed in Pennsylvania. Always check your local regs. Yeah. Uh, if you're outside of PA, but small game, you you said squirrel. Yeah. Um, stuff. That's all. You know, you can do that with semi-automatic. Okay. There was a time, two years ago. I yeah, that is said. relatively recent, isn't it? Yep. That's right. Yep. Cool. That was easy. Yeah. Wow. I feel so much better now. You should just put it on your Christmas list and Santa would have brought it and you didn't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little bit late now. Boy, he, he'd so, never go for that. So, Ryan, what's on your Christmas list? Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you exactly what I told my wife. Gift cards. Because I don't know. Really? Yeah. Um, That's not a bad place to be, though. No. And, again, I'm going to go back to playing around with all the gear and yeah. cleaning up at the end of the season and going through stuff for hunting. And that's archery, rifle, flintlock. Other than if I if I wanted to get into waterfowl, which, of course, I, I want to, but I also at the same time don't. But if unless I'm talking about that, I pretty much have what I need. Yeah. And this year, everything worked flawless. That's great. There you go. Everything was great, except the deer didn't show up. But other than that, <laughs> everything was great uh, as far as equipment goes. So I don't have anything to replace. I think for me, I'm going to be spending a large portion of my budget on, you know, fish and stuff again. Yeah. Uh, this year, my hunting's been good. This updating some more fish and stuff. This is the first year that I haven't had like a a, a big gigantic list of fishing things. You know, it, it surprised my wife to be honest. So. Yeah, gift cards are the way to go. Though. I don't know what I don't know yet. The yeah. nice part about gift cards, for me anyways, most of what I want that I haven't already bought is more of a big ticket item. Yeah. That is over that maybe $100 threshold or, you know, it, yeah. you know if you get a couple gift cards. Yeah, somebody tells you, hey, you, what what could I get you? And be like, oh, how about this? Yeah. It's way too much for one person. Right. So gift cards will get you where you need Yeah, them. yeah. You know, gift cards and then birthday comes around. You know, you could pick mm. up that Stoger that you wanted that you're looking at. Yeah. So. Yeah. What? Where would your gift cards be for, right? Uh, where would you? Bass Pro. Bass Pro. Yeah. yeah. Which now work at Cabela's, too. So. Boom. You're good to go. It's a twofer, they call them. <laughs> <laughs> That that they do, Bub. What about you? <laughs> a uh, a new camera arm, a tree camera arm. What's so, that? Um, you know, it attaches to the tree with ah. your with your tree stand, and okay. it holds the video camera. It attaches to the stand or the tree. It attaches to the actual tree. How does it do that? Um, pretty much just like a lock on tree that? stand does. You know, some form of fashion. With a strap. strap. And I thought you was going to say, how's the rainbow made? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, I currently have a, a really nice one. Yeah. Uh, but it's heavy. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know the addition. So, I'm strapping the tree arm, a backpack, and a climbing tree stand all on my back now, uh, to go in. Is it one of those fluid arms? Yeah, that moves and and then as soon as you stop moving it, yep. it stays where it's. Yeah, there's a there's a brand, uh, the Fourth Arrow one. Um, 
they were actually running a pretty good sale, and I told Santa yeah. that they were running a pretty good sale. Nice. Um, that was back, like, Black Friday time. So, you know, hopefully that's coming. Yeah. Uh, also, like, looking ahead, if I do get some gift cards, um, I would really like a pair of trolling walleye rods. Yeah. So, like, a lighter weight rod with line counter reels. Oh. All set up for, for trolling. You're into that, aren't you? I I caught that bug. Yeah. It's it's more of a uh I enjoy it, but um I haven't figured it out, so it's making me mad. Mm. It's now something it's I need it, I need yeah. to conquer this. Um Yeah, so Yes we do. Boy, yeah. you do need to get those rods. Yeah, I mean get them. We, we were messing around with like an additional like a what do you want Stevie, to call it? Like, uh, Stevie's like, we need you yeah, to get those. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was figuring out, you know, I, I tried it. I was catching a white perch on that that trolling harness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was figuring out after reading and doing more research and just, I want to be more efficient at it. You pretty much need a line counter. Yeah. To know, your, know how much line you have yeah. out. And that in correlation to the speed you're going and the weight of your sinker can determine the depth of where you're running while you, trolling. You know, one thing I I found, and I, I take it back, I did ask for something fishing-related, is a downrigger for my kayak. Oh, yeah? That there's there's these smaller manually operated downriggers that will work with your kayak. Really? Because I'm, I'm trying to do, I want to try to do some trolling for uh, for trout. Yeah. And what, if I get back over to Racetown this year, I want to troll for Oh, strippers yeah. on my kayak too but they make you know small uh scotty downriggers that you know just clip right into a, a scotty nice. mount yeah yeah they're so, pretty cool looking yeah so hopefully I, I don't know if that that was my issue always trolling is how deep am i right. you know you just don't know and yeah now with that lawn counter reel that can help you yeah with the equation um because there's i mean if you look up there's tables where you need to know your line poundage of line because yeah. that's going to be the diameter, going to affect diameter of line. You need to know your speed. You need to know the how much your lure weighs and how much line is out. Yeah. kind of all determines the depth that you're targeting. I don't trust math. I'd rather just have it down. Right <laughs> right. None of that. None of that wizardry. <laughs> yeah. What's well, this you magic? Your magic here. numbers. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it, you're right though. It, it has, I've been researching and researching how to catch fish while trolling with a worm harness. Yeah. Cause it, it, it's under my skin now. Like yeah. I, and the, the problem is you never know. It, it's one of those anytime, anytime you're trying to learn a new technique for fishing, you don't know if the fish are there. You don't yeah. know if you're using the right bait. You don't know if, if it's the right time of the day or if it's, you know, the right moon phase or whatever. And then you throw in not knowing what depth your lure's yeah. running at I mean, or your bait's running at. It's just the, I think I I did it. I went out purposely just to do that maybe five or six times this, this year. Yeah. And the only time I did not catch a fish was with you, Stevie. Yeah. You know, Shocker, huh? But like we did try a different part of the lake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, previous times I would mark a fish on the electronics and I would kind of 
you know, five out of like half 50, 50 time, I'd be like, I'm going to catch a fish in like three, two, one, the rod goes down. Really? Cause I kind of could f- get pace of like when I'm mm. going to go over that ball of fish that I marked. Yeah. And, uh, so like I'm getting close, but I just want to be more, more on my game. So a funny thing we, that time we didn't catch any fish, um, Earlier that week, we had talked. I said, "There's stripers in Lake Marburg, right?" And Dave's like, "Yeah, yeah." It's like, "All right, I'm going to be bringing. I'll bring some of my bay trolling stuff." And I have a big umbrella rig with like eight inch or ten inch swim shads on it. And uh, so I brought that along, and we're trolling along, and it gets hung up after what half hour or something like that. Early in the troll. Yeah, it it gets hung up, and, and Dave's like, "You know, they just stocked those stripers in here this year." Like what? Or last year. Yeah, like they're like fingerling that. stripers. <laughs> like You know they just stalked those and so hey, they're probably not gonna hit an eight your fingerling. I'd I'd call it <laughs> it'll, it'll I'd call it like two that e- this this past Did summer you? while while trolling the worm harness and they were like maybe ten inches. Yeah. So we so. quickly pulled the the umbrella rig up and replaced that I with another I don't think you gave it enough time. <laughs> <laughs> and and that might be like my underlying psyche on why I want to figure out trolling better yeah. at that local lake because there's going to be large stripers yeah. in there at some point. And not too long from now. Yeah. yeah. I want you to perfect it because the thing I'm going to work on, I'm going to get us some planer boards. Yeah. And I want to I want to come up with the system. Right. So we'll be out there on, <laughs> you know, a little 16 foot John boat with like 20 lines out. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's illegal in Pennsylvania. Is it? I think there's a limit. I should check my regs. I think, I think there's, there's like a, a three, three rod, rod limit. limit. But per if, person? if you yeah. bring so, so so we have four people, it's twelve rods. Yeah, yeah, bingo. You're there. I can do the math on this. You just you get all your kids in a boat. And we got like you, eight more. All rods. your kids. You bring lemon. Yeah, but my kids shoot. We can fit the, them all with your pontoon, pontoon boat. We had like 60 rods on the pontoon boat. See? <laughs> and all those half people don't weigh that much, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to work on this planer board for us. <laughs> you know, we got to talk catfish into, into doing some trolling on Lake Mead because I think we could, uh, once you figure it out, that's the place to do it. Yeah. I, I well, think we could the, really nail it there. The unknown depth and distance, random trolling while a boat's moving, right? Is, is how I caught that real big bass up there in <laughs> uh, in New York. Yeah, just happened to have that one of those bait balls. Yeah, uh, out there. And we were kind of moving. It's what, I was, spot. it's what I was fishing with, and then we were moving, and I was just like, I'm just gonna let this sit out there. And honestly, I think you're the one that called it too. Yeah. You're like he's hung up. Like he's telling <laughs> catfish to shut it down. Yeah, like sh- shut it off. He's hung up. And I'm like, no, that's a that's a that's fish. Wow. I feel so. it shaking. Wow. So maybe we should have Ryan take the lead on this. Yeah, trolling. <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> oh, I didn't have my line counter on though. You, Dale, yeah. There's your problem. Yeah. Well, that's easy. It's so, an easy Christmas list. That's an easy Christmas list. So. Deke wants some walleye trolling rods. Ryan wants gift cards, and Same I want to know what shotgun. kind of shotgun I should save up for. Perfect. 
I'll spend your money any day of the week. Oh, Let's I'm, go shopping, there's bud. No, there's no doubt in my mind that I was sending you pictures of like rifles to get for deer hunting this yeah. year, and yeah, man, that that that's probably still a few years out, but okay, we'll see. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about a shotgun is you can, if you buy a 12 gauge, yeah. you can go from your squirrels to your geese, your turkeys, all with the same gun, just tailor your shot size you know you're gonna go sevens eights for squirrels maybe even some sixes mm. and just move one up to bb's for uh your geese. geese so cool so before we wrap this up today is a very special day five days before baby jesus graces us with his presence not only that oh okay <laughs> one of our own our two pro staffers is having a birthday today is that right? That's right. Mr. Ryan Trash Panda Madera. <laughs> you know, I gotta I guess I gotta thank Mr. Greg Krebs. Yeah. That's caught on. It has it. And it's it's sticking. Uh, it, it's it's good. Yeah, I love it. It's That's good. a good one. Yeah. I've got the, the hip quiver right there that we're looking at and the pictures that between catfish and Neil Orange Peel across the pond there, they put out some pretty epic oh, uh, yeah. pictures of it. Today. They're always good for it. Yeah. Yeah, and well, then you know, even random, just outdoor interactions. Uh, DK ran into a raccoon. Yeah, in the backyard, <laughs> and uh, you know he sends awesome. a picture. And, Get out of my backyard, man! And immediately, I'm like, "You leave my family members alone." You know, so it's it's good good times. Good yeah. times. Well, happy birthday, bud! Thank you. Yeah, happy thank you happy. for uh, celebrating your birthday with Stevie and I. Yeah, I would have podcasting no in your basement. Isn't that awesome? Hey, how about that cake? Oh, that was oh good. man! Don't yeah. tell the other guys about that though. Oh, uh, we won't. I'm need you to uh, edit that out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Please do. I already sent him a picture of it though. Oh. Just don't tell them how good it was. Okay. <laughs> now, it was good cake. Who yeah. made that? Uh, my wife. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure, and the kids, and it was filled with uh, peanut butter and love. Oh. I, I tasted the peanut butter that much for sure. That was good. Definitely. Definitely. Very yeah. good. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, since it's your birthday, you, you get to end it tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How Send can they us find out, us? Bud. What do you want me to end it with? I don't know. Can you sing us a song? Surprises. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You sing can. a few bars of mbop, please. Mbop. Bop, bop. Uh, no, of course. You can always find us at ruttenriverpursuitpodcast.com. Dot com. I was, just, I was waiting for that. I didn't hear it. Then I thought I screwed it up. Let me try that again. Son of a... <laughs> Stevie said we needed outtakes. So yeah, we, we got them. Uh, of course, you can always find us at ruttandriverpursuits.com. The uh, podcast itself, always available on Apple iTunes. <laughs> Apple, available on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I hate that new thing. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> Steve right. Jobs would have never allowed that. <laughs> I'm going to start this from from Jump Street. Ready? Yeah. As always, you can find us at ruttenriverpursuits.com. .com. And check out... I didn't need that many outtakes. 
That was cool. As always, you can find us at ruttenriverpursuits.com. Be sure to check us out on all the social media properties on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters. Twitters. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Look check for, out the YouTubes. <laughs> look for Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. Podcast. And the podcast itself, always available on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts. I was waiting for an echo on Spotify. I didn't hear Spotify. one. Hey, Stevie. Oh, there, it's just a little slow. Spotify. If you're hankering for a snack, what, mm-hmm. what website should you go to? Oh, I'm going to head on over to mfjerky.com. Load up the cart. Is there a promo code? Well, you got to load up the cart with bags and bags and bags of delicious beef jerky. And coffee. Coffee. Sweet sticks. Sweet sticks. He's got mugs over there. They got everything. Man, I'll tell you. It, use coupon code RUTMUS30. RUTMUS30. 30 And, and you, you better hurry because that's not going to last forever. Nope. That coupon code. Yeah. RUTMUS30 for 30% off the entire order. And Ryan, if your order. hand is getting cold in late season archery Chilly on your bow, what are you going to do? Well, what you need to do is head on over to betterthehunt.com, throw a couple of those bow mitts in your shopping cart. Yeah. And you're going to use the promo code RUTRIVER20 to get 20% off. That is a deal. I'm telling you. Oh, man, and these those are... bow mitts are amazing. They do a good job. Keep your hand warm, nice and cozy. Throw a hot hand in there. Nothing oh, better. It's like an oven. And then you're always ready. Yeah. You won't get busted reaching for your bow. It's already in your hand. I use. I actually throw hot hands in there, and then I put my hot pockets. Hot pockets. <laughs> yeah. Just the ham warm and them cheese, up. all of them. And, and Don't put like, the pizza ones it's in. Like the it's like a little oozes out. Oh, no, 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 not the pizza ones. Don't yeah. be hunting late season bear. That's considered <laughs> baiting if you put hot pockets in there. <laughs> Boys, it's been another epic week. It always is, isn't it? Oh, Wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Merry New Year. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Be safe. Yeah. We'll see ya. See, see ya, it. fellas. Bring them weedless. Get them. Sorry about that. That's warning dog. one. <laughs> my, my dog's here. She heard we were going to be talking about some things. Oh, she did. Yeah. Well, well, welcome. She smells like Welcome, Cody. <laughs> that could be because I ordered it. Oh, way to go, Ryan. Yeah, blew it. You blew it!